It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're back for a full week. There are no work complications this week, so we'll be back with a full five-episode week. We have a little bit of bonus content that we have on the back burner right now that we might put out at some point here. Uh, Joe went on with the Lockdown Rams podcast to do a week nine preview, which it's really early in the season to start doing previews. So yeah. But, but I mean, with the Rams, I think it actually makes a little bit of sense. You can start talking about, exactly you know, how that's going to translate to Cincinnati, the Zach Taylor Union, all that stuff. So that'll be uh, an interesting thing to listen to if you want to go check that out over on Lockdown Rams. We might put the audio out on the Lockdown Bengals podcast as well at some point. And we've also got a little bit on the supplemental draft. Outside of that, quick reminder, you can find the Lockdown Bengals podcast on the Himalaya podcast app, which is working great. Uh, Google Podcasts, although Google Play or Google Music or whatever it is besides Google Podcasts, we have heard is having issues. So if you do use Google for these things, use Google Podcasts instead. And it's also on Spotify and it's also on the web at Megaphone. So that's all the procedurals, Joe. We're going to get right into it today. We are way behind on our countdown to kickoff because of the the night shifts last week and I had Evan on on Wednesday. So we're at 61. And we're supposed to be at 56, right? Yeah, we are we are six players behind. That's cool though. I it gives us content to talk about, players to talk about and catching up as training camp rapidly approaches now. And we will catch up. The training camp a week away. Yeah, that's what that's I mean. Exciting. We were dreading the six week six week span, right? When at first we were like kicking this off, we're like, "Man, how are we gonna get through six weeks of, of doing this podcast without how any did actual we get news?" Six weeks. Uh, I don't know. Did we get through <laughs> six weeks? Or I'm we got one week left. There's so in Path of Exile, there's this saying. So in Path of Exile, your player character is is somebody who's been exiled from this main continent, and there's a whole story to it. But often non-player characters in, in the video game refer to you as just they just call you exile okay and so there's this this saying in the in the in the game where there's an npc that asks you still saying exile and that's how i feel right now still saying yeah are we right. still saying because right? <laughs> because the whole game's about just this continuous grind it's made by a company literally called grinding gear games so the whole concept of the game is just grind, 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 grind. Do the same thing over and over. 
Um, anyway, that's how I feel about the last six weeks. Well, good. I think we're there. Because once kickoff starts for training camp, that's it. There's no break anymore because it's directly into preseason, directly into regular season, and that's it. Kickoff to camp is is kickoff to the season, really. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're at 61. Yeah. Who is it? 61. You know who it is? I'll I'll give the listeners like three more seconds. Right. To guess who it is. That's who I was talking to there. Brad Lumblade. An Oklahoma State product. He was a tryout player at Bengals minicamp in May of 2018 and then signed with the team as a college free agent, played in all four preseason games and was waived on final cuts before he spent 16 games on the Bengals practice squad. Waived on final cuts and then 16 games on the practice squad. Yeah, apparently they liked him. So they draft Billy Price last year in the first round, obviously, and uh, really didn't select another offensive lineman. And Rod Taylor, the seventh pick, obviously, all year. So Lundblade was really their next guy. Taylor's now cut, and Lundblade's still on the roster of some some sort. I, I'm actually interested to see what he can do. Uh, I remember last year Duke Manyweather, he's, he's like one of the top O-line um, trainers, and he's on Twitter, and he talks about uh, draft prospects in, in NFL film, mostly offensive line. That's that's his forte. But last year he had uh, he had Billy Price ranked with, with – uh, uh, James Daniels as number one center, but he had Brad Lundblade, Lundblade ranked number fifth for centers, and he was the only guy of the five that wasn't drafted. So uh, he's, a, he's someone that he liked. And Duke Manyweather, like you said, a very respected offensive mind guru. He did catch some flack, I think, from Paul Alexander in the last week, if you're looking for some drama. Oh, really? Yeah. Willie Anderson quote tweeted him or something, and, and then Paul Alexander replied and said, you don't need to care about what that guy thinks. Interesting. So just, because I know Duke and Willie have worked together, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, they've talked plenty of times on Twitter and said we got to, you know, get up for our camps and stuff I like think that. It, maybe it wasn't Duke Manyweather. I could have sworn it was. Maybe it's somebody else. It wouldn't make sense if it, it was make because much sense, would it? No, I think it would make sense because they're both very active on Twitter now, and Paul Alexander is also. Well, but for Paul Alexander to take a swing at at somebody he's a buddy with, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, one of the quotes from Mike Gundy last year, Oklahoma State coach, was that Brad Lundblade, quote, is going to be a guy that's going to be running a major company in five years. So he's, he's a leader. Is that what that yeah. means? And smart, maybe. Yeah, all of that. Just intuition. All the hmm. things that I think would end up being a guy running a company. Interesting. I wonder what kind of company. I wonder if he's going to be the next Jordan Palmer. Right. Jordan Palmer ran a company when he played for the Bengals, right? Yes, that was, because he was on um, Hard Knocks, and he was talking about Run P, the app. And now he does more than that. He trains quarterbacks. He, he's a, Yeah, right. So we've got his preseason performance marks from PFF as well. He generally graded very well as a pass blocker in 104 preseason snaps for the Bengals. He played in essentially the entire Week 4 game against Indianapolis. Played yeah. mostly at center, had one game where he played more left guard snaps, and he graded much better as a run blocker at left guard than he did at center. Maybe mm. just mentally not as much going on when you're at left guard instead of center. But he was he was the guy they were getting a long look at in preseason at center. Yeah, he had 73 snaps at center, 24 at left guard, 7 at right guard. That's good. The versatility backup is really good. 
They they do like versatility in their backups. Let me see if I've got any fun facts here before you give me a fun fact. He was an all-state player his junior and senior year in Texas. He also was a track and field athlete where he won three Texas state championships in the discus throw and two state championships in the shot put. Amazing. And he's a you Texas said, kid. Yeah. And you said he walked on to Oklahoma State. Um, it also says here that Brad Lundblade passed up 11 D1 offers so that he could go to OK State and walk on there. Imagine being a Texas kid who so badly wants to go to Oklahoma State that you take a walk-on offer to go to Oklahoma State. Right. I mean, you got to be confident, too, at that point of, like, I'm going to walk on and I'm going to earn a scholarship. And and I'm sure he did. He was yeah, all. He was a first-team All-Big 12 um, as, as a senior. First-team academic, blah, blah, blah. Where, when did he start? freshman year? He, he okay. He played in 44 games, started 38. So I, I guess I don't know. It sounds like he started for four that's years. That's three years. Yeah, that's at least three years of starting, right? 38. So four years of playing. Four years of playing. And he played in, he played in 11 games a year. Yeah. That's essentially full season. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting some time, it seems, that, that freshman year. And then he uh, started after that 38 stairs. But I was going to also say, I don't know if you said he graded well at, at left guard, but his grades for PFF, 61 overall for the – preseason last year 88.8 in pass protection which is yeah. an elite grade uh yeah. 52.5 in run block which is about where all the Bengals offensive linemen were we really I don't know how to even take their run blocking grades at this point his best game I think is when he played the the brunt of his left guard snaps which was against Buffalo yeah he had an 83 overall grade of 78 for run blocking so he really struggled with the run blocking when he played I think at center more but yeah evidence I think, says I that. think there's upside there I'd be curious to know if he put on any weight did why what was he listed as as a heavy 300 yeah okay did he was he a combine invite or anything i was gonna actually go to uh mock draftable and check that out because that's my go-to for knowing if a guy is a draftable player last year and went to the combine so let me type in brad Lundblade here for you i'm pretty skeptical nope he was not but he had a pro day of course so how did he measure there yeah, just under 6'3", 295 pounds, so you're right if he uh, was a little light. He had a 28-inch vertical, which is okay for an offensive lineman. And then 24 bench reps, which again is okay. And then a 7'11 broad jump, which again is okay for an O-line. Pretty sure all those things are better than I can do them, and he weighs oh, 300 yeah. pounds. So that he's, he's an athlete. I mean, he's not maybe the elite NFL athlete, but compared to your normal person, he's a very good athlete. He, I, I found out here, he was a late addition walk on to Oklahoma state and started playing in the last seven games of his freshman season and earned a start toward the end of the year at Baylor. Yeah. And the four guys they signed from the practice squad last year, as soon as the season ended were Demetrius Cox at safety, a guy I've heard they like uh, Andrew Voller, tight end, and Kermit Whitfield at wide receiver. I think we've talked about Kermit Whitfield before as a small, quick guy that uh, is interesting. And then Brad Lundblade. So just those four guys, really, outside of Moritz Boehringer, who doesn't count as a, as a roster spot because he's international. Uh, so those are the four guys from the practice squad that they really wanted to keep. There you go. That should wrap up our thoughts. We got into depth. We've kind of taken a turn in our Countdown to Kickoff series of getting into a little bit more depth on these guys, and I'm kind of enjoying it. Joe, are you? Yeah, I think this works. Especially if it's guys like this we don't know much about to yeah, dig really in. Doing a little bit of digging. 
Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about number 60, another young guy on the Bengals roster, somebody that also went to OSU. We'll be right back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we are back. We're going to jump right in. Number 60 on our countdown to kickoff, Jake. I think we're done with the offensive line. No, we're not. There is a 50s guy, and a very important 50s guy. But we're ending our 60s now. We're getting close. That means we're almost halfway. But number 60 should be wearing number 23, right? Michael Jordan. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what's going on here. I guess he's come out of retirement. I'm very confused. (laughs) Again. Like, he's small, so why are they playing him at guard? I feel like, if anything, he's, I don't know, he's underweight for a tight end. I don't know where you play him. Actual Michael Jordan would be a tight end, right? He must be, but he didn't. He he weighed, I think, under 200 pounds. I guess I don't no, know. Really? Was he really? He wasn't jacked like LeBron. Let's let's go find out. All right, yeah, we should find this out. I'm going to look at Michael Jordan in the meantime. Our actual Michael, our Bengals Michael Jordan. And uh, I'm putting him at interior offensive line here. for. So he's six, almost 6'6", six, six, our Michael Jordan on the Cincinnati Bengals. 312. The Chicago Michael Jordan was 6'6", and almost 100 pounds lighter, 216. Ah. So he was over 200 pounds, but to play tight end at 216 would be uh, a challenge. I think he's a wide receiver. Yeah, he's an Auden Tate-type wide receiver. Or he's like a safety. He was a very good defender. Way more athletic than Auden Tate. I don't mean to say that. I just mean size-wise. And and hard to say, really. I'm I'm, I'm sure he had a better vertical. Like, Michael Jordan was an incredibly explosive athlete, but... His, who knows how fast he would have run at 40, you know? Right. Oh, and probably agility and all that. But um, And like I said, we, we talked about this when Kyler Murray was. Everyone was speculating he's 180 or so. It's a different sport, football. You put you purposely put on, pack on weight. So yeah. these guys are all carrying more weight than what yeah. they normally would if they were playing basketball, of course. Yeah, you see how Gronk slimmed down? Yeah, instantly. Crazy. And, and like, you know, you look at guys like uh, Anthony Munoz, who's – yeah. Very, I mean, he's a big guy, but looks like every a very offensive lineman league. that retires shows up six months later and he's 215. And it's like, geez, you look like a half a person, yeah. anyways. Our Michael Jordan, though, and here's the fun thing at the combine, Jake. I don't know if you uh, remember the mock draftable, you know, but look at that. That is that is very, very nice. He's actually listed as tackle here, but his. For an interior offensive line, his broad jump, vertical jump, arm length, wingspan, all in the 92nd, or I should say 88th, 92nd, 99th, 98th percentile, respectively. I'm not, I didn't go in order there, so it's probably not respectively. But point being, all those are very, very good, even his three-cone, 65th percentile. Across the board, yeah. Except for bench reps. He needs to get stronger. And he has very long arms, which is something that you see a little bit. You, you you ratchet down your expectations a little bit with the increased arm length. There's more distance for the bench press to travel. I worked out with a Marine when I lived in Wisconsin. He was a short, stocky guy, really strong. But he could, 
you know, for him, the bench, he, he had to lift the bar uh, two feet and I'm not there. I have to lift it three feet and I'm also long and lean. So anyway, Mike Jordan is Interior the... though. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. I thought you were done there. Interior O-line, he's really got almost no comparable. The best comparable is 72 percentile Wyatt Teller. That means, you know, basically he's not built like other guards. No, he's built Let's like talk a about it. Exactly. From from a dimension perspective, he's built like a tackle, but they have him taking reps in center. Interesting comparable here. Doug Free is probably the best one. Oh, yeah. uh, you may remember Kenyatta Walker from 2001 out of Florida. You're going to say no, you don't. Um, but most of the other guys there are hmm, baseline, borderline, spot starter type guys. You want me to remember a... 2001 offensive lineman that didn't play for the Bengals. I'm sorry. Of course I don't remember. What was his name? Kenyatta Walker? Yeah, I'm not trying to make a joke. I'm just saying you were going to say you didn't remember him. As I was saying that, I I figured you were going to say, I don't know him. What all this leads me to think is maybe they do just play him as a backup tackle this year. No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe they should, right? Like they should at least give him a crack guard. What? He's got a better chance of playing tackle than guard. They should give him a look there for sure, but they have him working out at center. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be taking reps at all five spots during because he's uh, going to make the roster. They they just need to figure out where they want him to focus, right, and, and where he's going to be the best player he can be. You can't you can't put this him at tackle for one year if you want him to be a long term. I mean, I guess you wanted to move him to guard. Fine, if you want him to play center, he needs to develop at center or at guard. Uh, how many players go from tackle to center in the NFL? It doesn't happen. I mean, there's, they've got to be backups that just can play every position. Yeah. You know, I mean, which is Trey also Hopkins, rare. his first snaps were tackle. And, and maybe, and maybe the Bengals have another maybe rich man's Trey Hopkins here. He's right. drafted in the fourth round versus an undrafted guy. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, Clint Bowling was he was definitely he played tackle though. I mean, he played much more tackle than than Michael Jordan did in college. Yeah. Michael Jordan was the first freshman to start on the offensive line for the Ohio State Buckeyes since Orlando Pace in 1994. Interesting. That's my fun fact uh, on Michael Jordan. Here's a fun fact on Michael Jordan. At the Combine, he was asked by a team if his mother is good-looking. Michael Jordan's reply, quote, I'm sitting in front of you, right? Do you see how good-looking I am? Of course she's (laughs) (laughs) good-looking. That's fun. That was much more fun than mine. I laughed at yours. (laughs) He was the second-team All-Big Ten player his junior year at Ohio State, but he came out a year early, and I think he might have cost himself a little bit of money on that rookie deal. You know what's interesting? Okay, so 2018, the Bengals take the highest-drafted Ohio State offensive lineman in Billy Price. This year, in the fourth round, they take the highest-drafted offensive lineman from Ohio State in Michael Jordan. The two guys... This was uh, nine total Ohio State players drafted this year. So it went defensive end, quarterback, wide receiver, D-tackle, wide receiver, corner for Ohio State, and then O-line, O-line. Isaiah Prince being the one after Michael Jordan. We've drafted him a bunch in our uh, in our mock draft Mondays. Yeah, we thought about Isaiah Prince a lot more than we thought about Michael Jordan in all of this those mock draft Mondays. So I, I remember I, I was in the car headed to a movie, I think, when this pick happened. And I was like, I'm not very fond of this pick, was my, was my gut reaction. Because they traded had to up be Avengers. to guard. What's that? Had to be Avengers that you were going to see. Must have been. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, and I think we took tackles more with our late picks because 
Because the they need depth. tackles. And, yeah, and, and we're, we're in this situation now yeah. where we have all these interior guys, no depth to tackle. Michael Jordan could be depth to tackle, but they would have to put him there. And he didn't play. Did he, did he actually play tackle at college? He played center, freshman. then he played guard. He didn't play at freshman, he didn't play tackle? I think he played center, then he played guard. Guard and then center. Because he was a guard when Billy Price was at center. Oh, that's right. Oh, went Ohio State's been center. doing that three guys in a row. Pat Elfline and then Billy Price and then Michael Jordan all moved from guard to center. Yeah, I, I had it backwards. That's right. I don't see anything here about tackle, though. Because I think he was recruited as a tackle. That was it? Maybe. Yeah. Want another um, interesting fact? Yeah. Okay. Michael Jordan was born at kickoff of Super Bowl twenty three. Like, that's the time of day he was born? That's what they say. <laughs> like, they're kicking off, and there comes Michael Jordan. Where'd you find that one? This is from Lauren... F- I can't say her last name. Fowler? Oh, yeah. She's uh, she's the, is she an athletic or an inquirer? She does she, the... Uh... She was with the athletic. I'm, I don't know if she still is. Okay. I know she's doing FC Cincinnati stuff. Yep. Yeah, she's still with the athletic. Actually, athletic soccer. There you go. So that is it for Michael Jordan. Is there anything else we got on him? Yeah, uh, PFF grade for college. uh, Finished last season with a pass blocking efficiency of 98.7, which was 24th, while allowing just one sack, 13 hurries on 591 pass blocking reps. Where'd you find that one? Uh, PFF Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. Michael Jordan, everybody. Hopefully he's as good as the basketball version. He met with the Vikings pre-draft, so the Bengals had to steal him from uh, Mike Zimmer. Did they pick him just before the Vikings or something? You know, I don't know, but I, I just saw that he met with him. Just this is how fake news happens, Joe. What? That's this is a real. This from my man Jordan Reed. Yeah, but so, you know, maybe did they trade well, ahead of I the Vikings? Because of me saying they stole him in front of Mike Zimmer, yeah. that was a joke. He well, really met with the Vikings. My joke was following. That's how you. That's how you present the best news. That's how fake news starts, Joe. Sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. We'll be right back and we'll talk about 59. We're in the 50s now. Like Joe said, only one offensive lineman left. We'll be right back. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we are back again, segment three, talking about one of, uh, hmm, I would say one of my favorite players. Um, Really? I would, yeah. Wow. And, And it's weird because it's one of my favorite players that isn't good. Do you, have, do you have anyone like that? Um, I don't you know. You know, someone that's just okay. Maybe when you see him, you're like, you know, he he tries his best, Jake. He's trying his hardest. I really like George Iloka. Yeah, and Iloka had good seasons. Iloka is better than this guy is. Yeah, I would say so too. I, you know who's a comparable, I would say, is like, no, and I was going to say Andrew Hawkins was better too. Because Hawkins was good, but he wasn't a complete player at all. He was a gadget guy. Yeah, he was special. I mean, and if it was in an offense that didn't know how to use him because they did know how to use him for that year that he was really productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, he goes to Cleveland, and it's obviously you never hear from him again almost. But uh, the player, number 59, we're at there. It's Nick Vigil. You know what's weird about that, though? Hold up. Before we talk what? about Nick Vigil, what's weird about the whole Hawkins went to Cleveland and just disappeared, he still has a lot of love for the Cleveland Browns. They gave him money. Yeah, all right. He, they did give him money. They they yeah. signed him when he was a restricted free agent. The Bengals right. could have yep. put at least a second round tender on him. And they they did not. That was yeah. Dumb. That was weird. That, that was, was dumb, dumb and weird. All right. So Nick Vigil. Right. He has not been healthy for a full season his entire professional career in Cincinnati. He's probably the most athletic linebacker on the team. No, not anymore, because of the starters maybe, but. Jefferson, uh, Jordan Evans is really athletic, and they drafted Jermaine Pratt, who's a decent athlete. I mean, I was, yes, I was, at the time he was drafted. I was going to say, except maybe Jordan Evans, amongst linebackers who actually play. Right, that's, that's fine. That's, that was going to be the, the end of the sentence. Completely fair. And and Jermaine Pratt and Nick Vigil is probably pretty close, right? Yeah. If you look at their total so. overall relative athletic score. Pratt probably faster, Vigil more of the quickness and yeah. change of, change of the direction. Ability. Yeah. Vigil's a guy that we've talked a lot a lot talked about a lot on this podcast. I've gotten into some arguments on Twitter recently too because I think Vigil and we've said this several times has all the tools that you need to be a good NFL linebacker. He has the the brain to do it. Mm-hmm. He has the quicks, he has the the ball skills that you need to be at least an adequate NFL linebacker. He can play yep. in run defense, he can drop into his zone, he can run well enough. But he just doesn't do it all together often enough. And it's for, not an effort thing, right? It's, uh, no. I, I, I never. You know what? I never question effort. Right. Unless oh, it's anyone? like blatantly obvious where you see a guy walking in the middle of a play. And you see this with Perfect a little bit. Right. I was going to say, Perfect was the one we, where you can say, no doubt about it, it's effort. And you can see it on defensive linemen sometimes. But even yeah. then. They're getting worn out. Yeah, that's like a fatigue thing more than it's an effort thing a lot of the times. And a lot of times you hear people say, like, the team didn't play with energy. Yeah, like, I don't have like you that. ever played a sport before? Right. I will say, though, I mean, if you ever did play a sport and didn't give it your all in for a few minutes, um, that happens. You're not being paid. It's not your job. But I, I do remember someone saying, hey, I was watching you out there. You were, you, were, you were taking it easy, huh? And I remember that, like, burned me as a kid. I was like, what? Man, you saw that? Because I was taking it easy. Were you? 
I was. There was a few plays that needed a rest. Like in what sport, though? It was football. I, and you didn't ask off the field? I guess that's worse. I felt I was better than the replacement, even at 80%. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> this is Joe's competitiveness. So Nick Vigil has gotten better every year, according to Pro Football Focus, at pretty much everything every year. All of the major indicators have gotten slightly better every year, except coverage, which for linebackers is a very up-and-down kind of stat anyway. Well, here's something for coverage for you. Yeah. Did you know that um, there was only nine linebackers in the NFL that played at least 50% of the snaps? Nine linebackers only that did not allow a touchdown in coverage. Nick Vigil is one of those guys. Others, uh, Bobby Wagner, Zach Brown, Darius Leonard, some good guys there. Did you know that Nick Vigil has allowed 104 of 130 targets in his career to be caught for an 80% reception percentage? But if you look at the Bengals' percentages at linebacker, I bet they allow more a higher completion percentage at linebacker because it seems the coverage they were playing the last few years were, um, you know, allow them to catch it, we're going to go up and make a tackle. It's when they miss the tackles, as we've seen in plenty of opportunities, uh, where they end up getting killed. And I think we looked at this, too. Hardy Nickerson last year, 90.5% Crazy. of targets in his direction were caught for an average of 10.5 yards per catch and 219 yards after the catch. Nick Vigil, same yards after, same yards per reception, 373 yards after catch Ooh. on 10 more targets. Yeah, that's so, – I mean, you, you miss one not, and they break it. Yeah, and, and he did have a lot of issues with tackling last year, and, and that was a bit unusual for him. He had gotten better, and then I think he took a bit of a step back. Yeah, he's been up and down, right? Looking at the other linebackers who had significant coverage snaps, Jordan Evans and Preston Brown both allowed a slightly lower reception percentage, but generally you're right. The Bengals are 75 80, right? to 90. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. They just let them catch it and are cool with it. I mean, Which, there's not many times third you see them. fine. Yes, if it's third and long, but they played like it all, like it was third right. and long every play. Right. They took, and that was like a staple of the Mike Zimmer system was the, yeah. the catch it underneath. We'll give you the five yard catch and we're going to force you to throw it there. And it it's worked. why they were so good against Joe Flacco. Cause Flacco not, couldn't not Flacco, stand it. Though. But it's why Flacco, you watch Flacco and he like, he needs to chuck it downfield. He, he'll take these five, five, five and he gets antsy and he'll throw it into coverage. Like right. I just need to make a play happen. And that's the idea. And as long as your guys are capitalizing and intercepting passes or tipping them, it's going to work for your defense. That's why the bend but don't break works because the offense is going to make a mistake because they against, need to push it. Yeah. Against teams like Joe Flacco. Right, not and, the good ones. And that's why I would rather have Andy Dalton than Joe Flacco in a nutshell because every now and then Dalton can hit those throws and he's less likely. I mean, Joe Flacco offense is pass interference offense, but I still yes. think Dalton's better. Dalton is better, and Dalton won't force it. Dalton will go a whole game without forcing the ball, and it'll drive me nuts, but he's right. Do you know what I mean? I do. Like, he sh- I know he shouldn't force it. I want him to force it because you guys lost by 10, but, you know, it's like, geez, nothing was there all day. Okay, well, make something. But There's a difference of, of forcing it and and taking a chance or using anticipation but but right. but then you're talking about guys that aren't Dalton you gotta or Flacco. have the skill exactly you gotta have that skill the anticipation the intelligence not that he doesn't have these things I'm just saying those are skills required and then the arm strength accuracy of an upper echelon guy to be able to force balls without getting them intercepted anyways right. that's not the point yeah I've got let's one talk more about stat. Nick Vigil <laughs> I've got one more stat on Nick Vigil okay okay 
Of the linebackers that played 50% of the snaps, again, Nick Vigil ranked 8th in run-stop percentage. He was just ahead of Levante David, Roquan Smith, and Bobby Wagner. So he has some some good metrics in his favor when you start to look at certain cherry-picked things. I, I think Is that cherry-picked? Those are two important stats. I mean, one touchdowns being, allowed for a linebacker? Well, I'm just saying, because I started it with quarterback rating. I believe his passer rating and coverage wasn't horrific. I mean, he... No interceptions, no touchdowns. It's basically the completion percentage in yards per attempt for him. Which and I was high. like, right. And it's that's like 100, like, probably. 100, right. But it's not 150. If he'd allowed one more, if he'd allowed one touchdown or two touchdowns, his quarterback rating skyrockets. Yeah, 103.7. Did you compare that to other linebackers? Should we do that real quick? It was, it was in the middle. Was 100 the middle. is, yeah, is, is above the average quarterback rating. But when targeting linebackers, it is, you're, you're usually a little bit higher, usually in the 100 range, I believe. If I remember correctly, this was in January, February. It is, you're right, right about in the middle. It's a little bit worse than average. But, I mean, then you look at Luke Keekley, who is a gold standard linebacker, 103.5. Jalen Smith, another one that people think is going to be pretty good, 102.5. Zach Cunningham. Uh, who's a free agent, right? Or am I thinking of... No, Zach Brown, you were thinking Zach of. Zach Cunningham's Brown. really good for the Texans, right. and I would take him. He's right, so right we would take 100. 100. Yeah, it's the, now, the really good the ones, you have, the only way you get better is with interceptions. If he got one interception, let's say. One interception, and his number changes drastically because he, he didn't allow a touchdown. That's why I thought it was at least notable. Because yeah, he's fair. one play going either way from really being on either end of that spectrum. And that's a good way of displaying how the stats can Are lie. Weird. Yes. Yeah. Do we have any fun facts on Nick Vigil? No, I expect him, again, to start, be probably the guy who plays 95% of the time. He's probably the guy that's going to play the most snaps, if healthy, when healthy. When he's been healthy, he's been out there 99% of the time. Even when Burfecht was healthy, he was really taking um, hold, of, I think, of that defense. Uh I wonder if he's a dark horse to be extended. I think he needs to show something with the new coaching staff. He needs to show that he can put it all together. I think that there's reason for this new coaching staff to come in and see Nick Vigil and think he can do all these things. And if he can do it for a season and stay healthy, then yeah, we'll make him the captain of our defense. You are saving a lot though. If you did it this year, right? You're taking a huge gamble. That could be a terrible contract. If you do it right now, that's very un Bengals. Like I, think that it's very un NFL team like for a guy that has a track record of Nick Vigil to give him an extension right now. Yeah. I just He's remember so much time. That's the biggest thing, right? Is I'm injuries, right? Yeah. I, I got some fun facts here. We we should we should wrap up, I think, with the prognosis. So we'll do the fun facts real quick and then we'll talk about expectations because this is the most important player that we're gonna talk about today. He was a basketball player at high school as well. He mm was also, I think, a running back. He had 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns, 300 receiving yards, and an interception with 61 tackles this senior year. In total in high school, scored 45 touchdowns, had 3,653 all-purpose yards while also playing defense because he was recruited to play linebacker. Hmm. I've got a stat or a weird fact. You want it? Is it about a game against Brigham Young or not? <laughs> Should it be a game against Brigham Young? Why? Were you, were you, is that what you're going? He started on both offense and defense in that game. Weird. Yeah, but what's yours? Oh, the Bengals currently have four former third-round 
Rounders at linebacker right now. Preston Brown, 2014, Nick Vigil, 2016, Malik Jefferson, 2018, and Jermaine Pratt, 2019. Just like they collect first-rounders at corner, they collect third-rounders at linebacker. Third-round linebackers. Maybe one of them will hit one of these days. <laughs> Maybe. So Nick Vigil. <laughs> Nick Vigil is a guy that's going to go out there. He, if he's healthy, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be out there for 100% of defensive snaps that he's healthy for. This is what uh, Marvin Lewis said to Nick Vigil on his way out. Okay, so this is the last game of last year. He said, quote, this is Nick Vigil talking, quote, he said he was proud of me and I had a good season, take care of myself, my body. He said I'm a good player, and that's good to hear from him, end quote. Nice coach speak, Marv. You think that's coach speak if he's saying it to the player? I think if, if Nick Vigil's repeating it, then then yeah, sure. Hmm. As, as coach speak coming from the uh, coming from the player, I guess because he wouldn't say anything more detailed. I'm sure Marvin Lewis cares a lot about Nick Vigil and thinks that he can be a good player in the National Football League. I think we all think Nick Vigil can be a good player in the NFL. Yeah, that's that's what we've been saying for the last 15 minutes and the last couple three months. years and and years <laughs> three years. <laughs> yeah, can he stay healthy? Right. Can he put it all together? Can he stop missing tackles? Can, will, will and, it be, and is that a unit thing? Well, yeah, I was just going to say, will it be good for him that, that Burfecht is gone? Will, will right. that lead to more sound responsibilities along the whole defensive side of the ball? It's like the offensive line the last few years. No matter what, they're grading out poorly as run blockers. No matter what, and it didn't matter who was in there. They got a new O-line coach. It was whatever was work, wasn't work was working was not working there. Uh, I think the same is true on the flip side. Their two biggest needs, of, uh, area of concern and needs, linebacker and O-line. Uh, same issue. I like some of the parts. They just, for whatever reason, those ingredients are making shit stew. And for, for how long? I, I, I still want to pull out those ingredients, look at them and say, these are still good carrots. These are This is still good meat. I think this should still work. Let me try to have a different cook put it together. You're probably missing vinegar or lemon. Mm. Got to just add some acidity to it. That usually that's usually what you're missing. They kicked out the acidity. What was perfect in the in the stew? Um, turnips. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like cayenne pepper. Oh, right. Real super spicy, right? You couldn't even taste anything else because he just overpowered everything. A, a little, if you put in a little too much, it's all you're going to taste. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you're right. Very overpowering. This is actually good. Yeah. This is good content right here. Yeah. And we recorded it this time. Aren't you so happy? Finally. we've got, This is how it is the whole time we're not recording, guys. Not really. Yeah, no. Usually it's Joe bickering at me, right? No. No. Never. Don't you put that on me. I wouldn't. Okay, thank you. That was that's how fake news starts, Joe. That's how fake. See, I should have hit that line. It would have been a nice way to end the podcast. <laughs> it would have brought it full circle, right? That's how. That's like comedy stand up. That's how you give that line yeah. you know, in the first fifteen minutes. You hit them with it to end it. Luckily, we're football podcasters, and that's going to do it for the Lockdown Bengals podcast today. Go find the podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. What's the last one? That is the last one. That is it. Spotify is the last one. Thanks for picking me up. Until next (laughs) time, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.